Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. A lukewarm reception. (laughs) Yeah, that's better. Thank you. I'm so unique. I haven't heard that before, ever. (laughs) I love this man. I'm excited about this morning. And um, and Lord, I just pray that you'll be with Luke right now. And um, Lord, I pray that you'll strengthen him. Um, Lord, I know that he, he's coming from a, a, a feeling of weakness, so I just pray that you would be his strength right now. Mm. And uh, Lord, as we continue to explore the kingdom of God, I just pray that you would speak to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, mate. Uh, well, morning. Um, and just while I get set up, morning to the podcasters too. We miss you. Um, <laughs> Actually, you just, you just missed this amazing interpretive dance from Steve Hawkes, who um, just wanted to communicate the story of Jonah in interpretive dance, which was amazing. The lycra was a bit much, but, but, the, um, but it was just beautiful. So, no, no, I should probably... I'm totally joking. Um, that The lycra was great. Um, so... Uh, We are continuing a uh, series on kingdom habits this morning, um, as we've heard, Um, and particularly we're looking in the Gospel of Matthew, um, because in the Gospel of Matthew, there's a lot of statements that start off, the kingdom of God is like our, and then it goes into a a parable. Um, So uh, we are going to look at that this morning, um, and uh, I'm going to start off by uh, reading um, the the very short two parables um, that I'm speaking on today. Um, it's about the treasure hidden in the field. And that's actually, that's not just from the internet. That's a, that's a picture of uh, my wife, Sarah, Sarah's family's farm in Devon, um, which is just beautiful. And I just had that in my head while I was preparing. So I just thought I'd um, uh, put it up there. Um, but uh, Viv, if you wouldn't mind going to the next slide. Um, which is our, the, the beginning of the parable. So the kingdom of heaven, oh, this is Matthew um, 13, if you want to open it, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Um, and the next slide, please, Viv. Um, again, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. All right, let me pray. Uh, Father, um, you know this week these parables have uh, terrified me, um, particularly the sell everything bit um, and go after you. So I just pray that... Uh, that would not get in the way of your truth. Uh, We know that you have an amazing treasure for us, that you are our treasure, and we pray that this morning, um, just that that would become real. 
And I pray for joy. I feel already that joy is in this place this morning. And so I just pray for more of that through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, so, yes, as has been hinted to, this week was a bit of a struggle. Sometimes you get a, uh, a topic to speak on, and usually for me it's like a topic that God just wants to dig into, um, uh, which is great. Um, so uh, for me, at the, uh, kind of in preparing this, I felt like I almost had to um, say, the, say what the parable is for me. So I'm not coming here with kind of, uh, amazing um, tips and strategies, and this is kind of uh, what it's like for me. So, so if this if this was written kind of for me, it it'd say something like, "A man found a treasure in a field. When he found it, he hid it again, and then went home and completely freaked out about the risk involved in getting that treasure." <laughs> I I can't sell everything. I can't like, and so to, to make himself feel better, he minimized the treasure. He said, oh, look, someone's probably already got it and dug it up. Um, so it's safer to hold on to what I have. Uh, I don't want to put my family through the stress of selling everything. That's a bit over the top. Um, again, a merchant was looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he looked at the price and went, whoa, what? That's the price? Um, I love it, but I can't be that extravagant. Like, for a start, I don't deserve it. And also, what are people going to say when I sell everything and all I've got left is this pearl? Um, and so this week has been a kind of a questioning, what, why? What, what is in me? When I, what is going on when I have those kind of reactions to those parables. And I wonder if you resonate with that a little bit. I wonder if we need to think about where our joy is placed and the pursuit of Jesus. Um, uh, I, think I came up with a couple of reasons. I think first, I've, I'd kind of forgotten the infinite value of the treasure. I think I needed to go back to God's promises, to go back to what he says about himself and what he's done for me, to remind myself about the infinite value. And secondly, I think uh, fear does take residence, gradually sometimes, but I think it does take residence in my, in my heart, in our hearts, which is actually the opposite of the response that these guys give in this parable. It's actually the opposite of faith. It's Faith is a joyful pursuit of Jesus, no matter what, um, because our eyes are fixed on this amazing treasure. So my prayer is this morning that Jesus would reignite my joy, our joy, so we can pursue him like that, so we can pursue him like the men do in this parable. Um, if we could go to the next slide, Viv, thank you. You're doing a great job. Um, so I wanted to put the two parables together there because... Um, the parable, obviously, is a, as you might know, is a story with just one main, quick, powerful lesson. So the danger is, is that we kind of look for all these different little hidden meanings, and, and it's essentially Jesus kind of being powerful, being a storyteller, and kind of getting straight to the heart of the matter. Um, and often in Matthew, that he pairs two parables together um, to make the same point, but to bring a depth and a complexity to it 
um, to, to that same point. So you can see here, we've got two similar stories, but we, there's slightly different emphases from uh, if we take them together. Um, the first one, I think, it's in his joy, which I've put in in bold. So um, we, we see the reaction of the uh, man who comes across this amazing treasure, his joy. Um, and then the next one talks about the search. So the, the, the merchant is looking for fine pearls. He's actively searching. He's pursuing this amazing treasure. So to kind of put those two together, we see a, this concept of the joyful pursuit. Um, the kingdom of heaven, God's reign in our lives, is meant to be a joyful pursuit First and foremost, I would say, because it's actually God who joyfully pursues us first. Um, do you know what Jesus' joy is? Could you answer that? Awesome. To do the will of his Father in heaven. And the will of his Father in heaven is to love his creation is to go after his creation. And how do I know that? Can we go to the next slide, Viv? Um, oh, and the one after that. I forgot about that one. Um, is because of this other uh, parable in Luke. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99, which actually we sung this morning, nice one, Rossi, in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. So God is pursuing us with a joy. And I feel that's really important, particularly when we might put too much emphasis on our emotions and maybe how we're feeling on any given day or any given moment it doesn't necessarily matter because God never changes. God is always pursuing us and with joy. He loves doing it. He wants to do it. That's our treasure. Uh, I was also reminded by um, Ephesians chapter 1, and if you could actually flip to that or have that open in front of you, it is so rich when we are looking at what our treasure actually is and the fact that uh, it is God pursuing us. Um, so chapter 1 from verse 3, uh, really until verse 14. So this is, this is our treasure. And I want you to notice that how much it's this, these verses talk about God initiating the action. So... He has uh, blessed us with every in the blessed us in the heavenly realms in verse three, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's an amazing treasure. Uh, he chose us. He adopted us in verse five as his sons through Jesus Christ. Uh, we are made holy and blameless in His sight. Um, we have, in verse 7, 
the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Uh, in, I'm just squinting at that. We are marked with a seal. We have been given the Holy Spirit, which is a deposit that guarantees that we will be with Jesus when we die or he returns again. And that in, uh, in Matthew's gospel again, is heaven is described, the kingdom of heaven is also described as a feast, as a wedding banquet, which came up with uh, Kim's talk about two weeks ago. That this treasure is a, will be a party, will be an amazing celebration with Jesus. But I do lose sight of those truths. And I think part of it is the reason why these men find so much joy. And it might be obvious to say it, but the reason why they find joy is because of the infinite worth of the treasure. It's directly connected to what they're going after and what they find. And I feel like sometimes I, I, yeah, I, I lose track of that because I haven't got my eyes on that treasure I lose my joy because I'm not connected to that, to that treasure in those promises. So then we come to the next part. Uh, next slide, thanks, um, Viv. Um, where we come to the joyful pursuit, our pursuit of that amazing treasure and all those truths. Now, I don't know if you've grown up in the church for a while or if you've been to youth group, but I remember this kind of analogy that often was uh, communicated about faith, about the joyful pursuit of Jesus. And really well-meaning people would, and leaders would kind of say, faith is like a chair. And I remember thinking when I was young, really, is that it? That faith is a chair? I was like, and I know what they're saying, right? Like they're saying like, you can trust in it, it's sturdy, you kind of can, you don't necessarily need to see it when you sit down. Although being a year six teacher, boys really need to see the chair when they sit down. But anyway, um, that, you, that the idea of like is, is trust. But I, I, I'm just not sure that's biblical because it's missing the joy. Like I, I, I'm not like running and hugging a chair. Like I'm not, I'm not pursuing a chair. I'm like, you know, the, in the Bible, as we've already seen, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like, a, is like something to rush after, like a treasure or a pearl or a party. Um, so my little analogy, and I think it's on the next slide, is more like um, uh, faith is like a DC Rivals hypercoaster. <laughs> because... We, we've just, in January, we went to, we did all the theme parks, um, uh, and um, we loved the, the, and in, the, this, the tallest in the Southern Hemisphere roller coaster. And in fact, my daughter, who's seven, was in that front carriage, in that front seat. And yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'll just sit behind you um, so that you don't see me completely freaking out. Um, but that, I feel like, you know, you're strapped in. Nothing's going to happen to you because you're not at Dreamworld. Um, uh, that, no, sorry, that's... Sorry, no, I shouldn't... No. 
um, not, you, you're completely strapped in and you are going on a wild ride that you can completely trust in, but it is a up, down, oh my goodness, where am I going? Why have I done this? Straight down, it is a curve, it is a, it, it's, it's a roller coaster. Um, and uh, so also, I think roller coasters can give you joy, like in, like in, my, in my daughter's case. She loved it. She absolutely loved it. Um, and I think that's important because, and, and joy is important in these parables because if you take out joy, if you remove joy from the parables, it starts to become a little bit mercenary or just a common transaction, like a guy finds a really nice pearl that he wants and so he buys it. Or a guy is lucky enough to stumble across a treasure and so buys the field. And that's kind of, yep, he just does that because of course you would kind of like a normal transaction. But the joy is important. Um, also, uh, this um, season, I suppose, we, uh, my family have been watching Survivor. Um, and I'm a big Survivor fan. Um, and I know your opinion of me has just gone down slightly. Um, you know, oh, I thought Luke was more highbrow than that. Um, actually, no one's thinking that. I'm not highbrow. Uh, <laughs> I still own a Backstreet Boys CD. I'm not highbrow. I'm not highbrow. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, we've been loving Survivor. And, I mean, obviously, I, I bring that up cautiously because the... The, the rules of Survivor are totally in antithesis to God's kingdom kind of getting together to vote people out. That's not uh, any way connected. But uh, the, there are hidden uh, immunity necklaces uh, hidden in the forest around the camp. And you want to get one so that you are safe from being voted out. And, you, and it's amazing the way people scramble for that and when they find it the celebration is amazing like uh last week spoiler alert sorry uh david found uh an idol david really needs to find jesus oh my word but anyway uh he found the idol and he was like jumping up and down and like like using the idol as iron man's which is kind of really weird but he was he was so excited and i made me think um, I, I want that joy for pursuing Jesus. Like, I want that kind of spark. I want that kind of excitement. And I'm not talking about a superficial kind of happiness. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that we have to be bouncing around all the time. I'm talking about the joy that comes from being grounded in the promises that we talked about before and that being your resting place and that being your delight. Um, so I want to ask you this morning, in, in pursuing Jesus, are you sacrificially giving your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength to pursuing Jesus? And are you doing it with joy? I wish I could stand here uh, to give you a great story on how I have done that. And I was talking it over with um, my wife um, just last night, actually, um, and I said to her, um, I want to share our story. I want to share how I pursued you. Um, and Sarah, in her very gentle, direct way, uh, said, 
don't you have a more recent story than that? Like, that's, that's coming on, like, 17-plus years because we were dating. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and I kind of stopped and I was like, I mean, I, I hope there is one, but it just wasn't there on the tip of my tongue. Um, and so I, I, again, like I said at the beginning, I went back and reflected that, well, maybe um, I need to pursue Jesus um, in a way that is not just going through the motions, in, in a way that grounds me. Because I think there's a direct uh, relationship between um, clinging onto his promises and that grounding you so much that it doesn't matter what you go and do. Um, Viv, can we flip back to the Ephesian, the, um, the list of all the promises? Because I think if, if we hold on to the fact that we have every spiritual blessing, then when it comes to giving a word to someone, when it comes to using our spiritual gifts, we will cling on to that promise and go for it. If we cling on to the promise that we are holy and blameless in his sight, then guilt won't get in the way. Um, if we have re- know that we have redemption through Jesus' blood, then shame just doesn't have a footing. Shame just gets blown out of the water. Um, if we are marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, then even our lives aren't as important as pursuing Jesus with joy because we have the Holy Spirit that's not only giving us words in the moment, but is also a deposit for what's to come. And if we have the deposit in what's to come, then what is this life? What is it except just an opportunity to go in full joy in our Father's strength and get the message out there. And I think that people will find that, I know that people will find that so attractive because we know it in our own lives. When I see people just going for Jesus and just using their gifts with no baggage and no fear and no, with knowing that they have that deposit, it's so appealing. It's so attractive to me. Um, to bring this to a close, because I do want to pray into this for us. Um, when we love Jesus as our greatest treasure, we will readily give everything to love him because of his infinite value. We'll pursue him not from a place of our own efforts or our own strength, but a complete place of surrender. Uh, giving up our all to gain that pearl of great value and knowing that he in turn pursues us. Now, if you're not there, if joy is fleeting, if, if it's hard to grab hold of, don't worry, don't worry. I want to go back to the end where I started where because we have a loving shepherd who it's his joy to come and find you to, to carry you on his shoulders and to strengthen you and to carry you home.
So I suppose my question to you is, how are you going with this? How, how are you uh, finding the, the pursuit, the joyful pursuit? Um, in a moment, I'm just going to pray for us that, that I think two things, that first of all, we'd see Jesus as our treasure and as our pearl of great value. Um, because I think that's obviously the place to start. Um, but there's other things to do with that. There's other things like, do, do you know that Jesus is your loving shepherd? Do you, do you feel like you have the strength in his strength to go out and pursue him, pursue others, use your gifts? Are you, are you passionately pursuing him? Because I think joy is a great barometer. Great, it's a great uh, kind of test to see where your heart is at with Jesus. So why don't we stand? Just as I pray, just pay attention to the Holy Spirit who might be stirring things in you that you might want to deal with this morning with Jesus. And remember, he's not, he's not stirring you in your heart to leave you vulnerable and open and uh, out there without an anchor. He's, he's, he's stirring things in you to bring his joy and comfort and peace and guidance into your life. He's not going to push you, like, kind of push you out there into the waves without any of his strength and comfort and guidance. And as I'm praying, uh, just also uh, bring before Jesus the question do, do you want, What do you want to do with me this morning? And do I need to step out? to receive prayer, to be able to move past this with you. So, Lord Jesus, we just invite you here this morning. Holy Spirit, just come. Lord Jesus, we, we can lose our way. Lord, forgive us for times when we haven't seen you as our ultimate treasure. Lord, we know that you have such good things for us of eternal value. And we want to trust in those promises. But we know, Lord, that Satan is constantly whispering lies to us and the world can drag us away from that and rob us of our joy. And so we pray against that, Lord Jesus. And I just pray that this week that we would go out in your spiritual armour with your helmet of salvation, with your breastplate of righteousness, with your belt of truth clinging to those promises from Ephesians 1, with the shoes of readiness, with the shield of faith, with the sword of the Spirit. Lord Jesus, we just want to step out in that armour, stand firm in that armour and go for you with joy. And so, Lord, we ask of you, what, what do we need to deal with? What do you need to teach us? What, what Holy Spirit, what work do you need to do in us this morning 
so that we can walk out of this place fully ready, enthusiastic, passionate for you.